Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Right now, the Magic should be playing in their first round playoff series. Obviously, that's not happening. So instead, COVID-19 has us all still staying at home. But that's okay. We'll, we'll keep it moving along as uh, we roll with uh, another Magical Movies. This time, we have the LA Lakers at the arena, February 22nd, 1998. This is Shaq's return to Orlando, only he's wearing purple and gold. Heads up, be prepared for an epic NBA on NBC intro. Just this is very enjoyable. We're all going to have some fun with this. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on the 7-6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Here's Kirkaloo for the win. Visions of a magical ride in Orlando started with the drafting of Shaquille O'Neal in 1992. A year later, the Magic embraced Penny Hardaway and talk of a dynasty didn't seem unreasonable. Two young superstars to lead a franchise to championships for years to come. And what a ride this is going to be, folks. The first of hopefully many trips to the NBA playoffs. But a year after reaching the NBA Finals, the reality of modern sports kicked in. Shaq, Orlando's franchise player, signed with the Lakers. Now the perception is that L.A. has replaced Orlando as the team of the future. I really didn't know how great Shaq was until he left. But now we're really struggling and we know how important he really was to the team. Today, Shaquille O'Neal of the Los Angeles Lakers makes his much-anticipated return to Orlando. is the NBA on NBC. The game of the week. Today, it's the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Orlando Magic. Familiar building, unfamiliar room in Orlando for Shaq. Visitors locker room getting taped moments ago. Shaq and the Lakers would like to think that are divided loyalties here, but I don't think Shaq Daddy's going to hear much support at the arena. In fact, he wishes there was enough tape to go around to tape the mouth shut for these Magic fans. He is going to hear it. He already has since stepping out onto the floor for warm-ups. Hi, everybody. Bob Costas along with Isaiah Thomas, and I guess the best way to shut these folks up, if it is to be done, is to continue his exemplary play. We talked to Shaquille O'Neal just before the game about his welcome that he was going to get here today, and he said there's been a lot too much made about his return to Orlando. He said he's a member of the Los Angeles Lakers and he's trying to win a championship there. As far as the booing goes, as you heard the boos, he said there was only one person in this entire crowd that he was concerned with and he knew that she wouldn't be booing and that is his mother who's here in attendance today. Bob? All right, Ahmad, Shaq still maintains a home, one of several I would guess he has, in this area. Before the game, the PA system was playing songs like You're So Vain, would I lie to you and I love L.A. obviously directed at Shaq. Well, they're emotionally bruised. Uh, you know, when Shaq left out of here, there was a lot of hurt feelings. They had a very good thing going. They had a young team. 
and it was tough to see them break up. And, you know, with Horace, Penny, Nick, and Shaq, they were all very young men. And I think all of them are very emotionally scarred right now. Shaq will be 26 next month, squares off against 38-year-old Danny Shays in his 17th year. Anderson inside. Again, he follows his own miss. Anderson ahead. Nick Anderson got it plus the foul. Harper with a long three. Harper has it. Ten seconds. Anderson right away. Hits the three with Jones's hand right in his face. He ran it perfectly. If you watch Nick Anderson come off, no hesitation, right in his spot, his rhythm, and he's falling back, feeling it. Yeah, yeah, the Merton Hank duck walk. All right, here we go. Jones into Jack. Five seconds. Fox. Look out. Jones for three. It isn't there. Shane for the rebound. And Orlando defeats the Lakers. I, hear, I heard all the talk. Well, Nick Anderson is, yeah, is losing his confidence. Not at all. If I keep faith in myself, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And a big win for this team to come back and struggle through this with all the injuries that you have to come out on top today. It just shows that this team has a lot of guts. You know, Price go down, Hardaway go down. I was out for a while, but we never stopped. But you're back. It feels good. I love this game. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Back to you, Bob. We thank you, and David Stern thanks you. All right, Magic beat the Lakers 96-94. Orlando out-rebounds the Lakers 47-35 on the glass. The Magic improved to a 28-27 uh, record on this 97-98 campaign. They will end up being, you know, this will end up being uh, Orlando's fourth win as part of a five-game win streak. Um, you know, five nights later, they're going to end up losing at home in a triple overtime heartbreaker to the Toronto Raptors of all teams. Uh, and this was back when the Raptors weren't good at all. Um, the Magic are, you know, all season just trying to find ways to win despite injuries and roster changes. Um, you know, Chuck Daly's team is going to finish this season 41-41, as you might have known from our first Magical Movies episode, and they won't make the playoffs. Um, Dale Harris coached the Lakers. Uh, you know, they, they fall to a 36-16 and 16 record. Uh, the Lakers are going to end up finishing the season 61-21, and 21, and uh, they'll end up getting swept 4-0 by the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they're a few more years away, uh, and probably a Phil Jackson higher away from championships, but... Uh, they're they're trying to figure it out here right now. So um, this is a weird roster game for the Magic because they play eight guys in this game, which includes a minute 19 of Spud Webb, which is going to end up being a minute 19 too much of Spud Webb, um, as we just signed him earlier that morning to a 10-day contract. So it's basically a seven-man rotation. Uh, the Magic don't have Penny. They don't have uh, you know, Penny Hardaway. They don't have Daryl Armstrong. No Mark Price. Uh, there's no Ronnie Cycli because three days prior to this game, we traded Ronnie and Brian Evans to the New Jersey Nets for David Benoit, Yinka Dare, and Kevin Edwards, as well as a first-round pick that would become Matt Harpering uh, going into the 98-99 uh, season. Um, Penny, do you remember the other two first-round picks we made that 98 draft? I know you'll know one. Sadly, I do because I actually just took part in a personal exercise of redrafting the 1998 draft based on some other podcasts that have been on recently. We also took Michael Doliak that year, and yes. I believe it was Keon Clark was the third. It was, yeah. So unfortunately, uh, that was also, I think, the last uh, pick from our uh, 
from the from the Penny uh, Chris Webber trade as well. One of those three. So um, we had that perfect haul from the Golden State trade, and we pretty much squandered every pick after that. So anyway, um, so it, it worked out for that for the rookie season. I would say. Uh, rookie season, Matt Hartbring, a rookie season, Michael Doliak. That's their best runs, basically, for the Magic, and it just goes downhill from there after the lockout. Um, yeah, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal said Michael Doliak was the best backup center teammate he had his whole career. So I forgot about that. Did he really say that? Was that while he was with the Heat? Yeah, Shaq says a lot of things, though. Well, yeah, he does. He, he says a lot of things going into this game as well. But um, So anyway, that cycle trade got done just before the what was then a 6 p.m. trade deadline. Uh, Ronnie had a history. Well, he has a history of being able to pick where he wanted to play. Um, so days before this Nets trade that the Magic made, they actually traded him to the Utah Jazz for Greg Foster and Chris Morris. Any Greg Foster thoughts, Spence? I honestly can't remember if Greg Foster was white or black. Uh, he was uh, he was white, so okay. um, yeah. that's a good question, actually. I actually probably should pull up his basketball reference because I, for a split second when I was looking at that, I was like, wait, did they mean like Greg Ostertag or like what what happened here? Because it's it's just very interesting um, how that worked out. But uh, I mean, Greg Foster, he, he actually that probably would have been a better trade for the Magic for sure. It's it's one of those things where the the trade happens, and then Ronnie just didn't want to play for the Jazz. He doesn't report to Utah, and the trade gets voided 24 hours before the trade deadline. So the Magic are Probably here. Would have been a better trade for Ronnie too to go to the finals. You would think that, but I guess Ronnie just he wanted a starting job. He didn't want to be coming off the bench. Which I mean, I I guess he could have been starting maybe next to Carl Malone. I I don't know what the issue was. Maybe he just didn't want to be in Salt Lake City, but. I mean, is what Secaucus, New Jersey, that much better? I, I don't know. So, um, so the Magic were going to suspend Ronnie for the rest of the season without pay, but the Nets deal got done last second. And then uh, you may recall that obviously that Jazz team ends up making it to the NBA Finals, as everyone's watching the the Last Dance going on right now. Uh, the uh, the what, what seems to be a good start to the ten part documentary ESPN's doing, but. Um, Bronny wanted to play New Jersey because he knew he would start again. If he goes to Salt to Utah, he might be starting for Jerry Sloan during this time. I don't know, but um, at this point, everyone, including the Nets, know that uh, you know the 33 year old's got stress fracture problems with his foot. Um, otherwise, you know the Magic GM back then, John Gabriel, wouldn't have dealt away what we all consider a starting center for this Magic franchise. We had this discussion before. I think Ronnie's the fourth best center in Magic history. He's behind, uh, you know, Shaq, Dwight, and Vooch, and just above Gortat, probably. I don't, I don't think there's too much pushback you can have on that. Um, and then, you know, Ronnie just really pissed off both the Magic and Jazz. I was looking at some quotes and stuff, and they're just absolutely furious because, well, they ruined what would have potentially been a good trade. Um so that was a big deal at the time. But anyway, back to the game. So Chuck Daly, because of the trades and the injuries, starts Danny Shays, Horace Grant, Bo Outlaw, Nick Anderson, and Derek Harper in this in this game against the Lakers. Nick's going to finish with a game-high 30 points. Derek Harper, very, very solid 18 points. Uh, and then Derek Strong and Danny Shays each drop 12. Uh, Bo and Horace each will finish with double-doubles. Bo has another ridiculous stat line. 
in 48 minutes, he has 10 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, five blocks, and a steal. It's it's just it's it's awesome, Bo Outlaw. Again, we we did this in the first magical movies, but this is prime Bo Outlaw. I think this is Bo Outlaw at his peak. Um, and the well, Lakers, they're one of the best yep. games of his whole career. I mean, he has. I can't remember if he has one or two triple doubles for the Magic, but I mean, this game, this Laker game, this is Bo Outlaw doing just Bo Outlaw stuff that. Your typical young Magic fan wouldn't know anything about nowadays. They just kind of see yeah. him as being one of the community guys, but it's just amazing, Boella. And we'll talk about it more as we discuss the film of the game. But he, you know, against Shaq and against Penny, and on you know NBC nationally televised, flying all over the floor. It was pretty cool to to watch it again. Yep. So the Lakers are mostly healthy. They're without Nick Van Axel, which is actually a big loss. He was he's their point guard at the time. Um, they end up starting, obviously, Shaq. Robert Ory, big shot Bob. Thankfully, Ory does not have a good game in this one, so he owed us for the 95 finals, I guess. Uh, Rick Fox, Eddie Jones, and Derek Fisher is the uh, starting point guard. As it's, it's just, it's, it's obviously Magic fans will recall Fisher from the 2009 NBA finals, but I won't go down that road any longer. Um, so the Lakers had two full days off before this game. So rest is not an issue for them. They slaughtered the Denver Nuggets by 39 points before this Magic game. Shaq in this game ha- leads the Lakers with 20 points and 10 rebounds, which not a monstrous game by his standards, considering all the hype behind this game. Penny, if I tell you Shaq gets 20 and 10, you take that if you're the Magic, right? Uh, especially against 87-year-old Danny Shades. <laughs> I think you made him a little young on that. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that's pretty great. Um, so Chuck Daly, uh, you know, definitely had to consider that a win. So for the Lakers, Eddie Jones puts in 19 points. Kobe Bryant in his second season, still coming off the bench, but plays 36 minutes and scores 18 points in this game. Uh, I think he shot like 40% from the field, so not outrageous, but not bad. Uh, Rick Fox scores 15 points. A month before, the Magic barely lost to this Laker team, 92-89 in L.A. So, again, this is a very feisty, veteran-heavy Magic bunch who, I mean, they had, I think Ronnie was playing in that game. And, I mean, you would, the Magic, they almost pulled out what would have been a huge road win at that point. But, again, Magic are 500 trying to get above 500 in this game and just, just trying to find a way to get in the playoffs with all the losses and injuries and all the ro- roster shuffle going on. So I uh, unfortunately have to add a very grim note here. So uh, February 22nd, 1998, going into early morning February 23rd, is known around uh, Central Florida as the Night of the Tornadoes. It's the deadliest tornado outbreak still in Florida history, which that kind of still surprises me. But um, 12 tornadoes. Some F3, almost F4 strength, uh, you know, touchdown in the area, uh, you know, the I-4 corridor, um, which, again, very, very rare in the state. Um, 42 people died, 260 people, over 260 people were injured. Um, I actually remember this night, pretty much. So I remember seeing the overhead helicopter shots of the destruction that occurred uh, in one of the RV parks uh, the next morning on that Monday. I still remember showing up to school the next day and just everybody's mood. Every every kid should have been that, that cared about basketball should have been thrilled about the magic win over the Lakers. But instead, there's just this this heavy, uh, heavy loss that happens. Um, and my memory is really typically just horrible and bad. But I, I can still 
pretty much picture the Orlando Sentinel front page when they showed all the uh, all the headshots of the people that lost their lives. Penny, do you recall any of this? You usually have the uh, the elephant mind out of the two of us. Uh, I vaguely recall the night, but I, you know, we were living in very downtown central Orlando, typically avoid most of the um, tornadic and hurricane destruction and stuff, but it's everything old, sadly, is new again. As we record this on Tuesday afternoon, evening, there's tornadic activity yesterday, and uh, I guess more coming Thursday, Friday, where we actually think they're going to touch down again. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, and we weren't planning, we were definitely not planning on, on doing, uh, on timing it like this, but it, it just worked out. Um, it's just really sad, and just, no one was talking about this magic win as a result of that, but we will now. So, um, going to the game footage. So, we don't have all the game on tape uh, based on, you know, based on what's on YouTube. The footage picks up during tornado warnings being issued throughout Central Florida. So, the NBC broadcast. Starts off at where it's 14-14 with 6.45 to go in the first quarter. You don't really miss a ton. Rick Fox gets the first five points of the game. Fox actually outscores the Magic 10-9 to before uh, you see Horace tying it up at 14-14. So you're, you're all caught up, basically. Um, you see Shaq get his first points of the game immediately after that on a dunk, which just absolutely bulldozes poor Danny Shays. It's almost reminiscent of him teabagging Chris Dudley. In that famous dunk of his, uh, uh, you know, when Dudley was with the Knicks. And you feel bad for Danny Shays, but honestly, that's about the worst Danny looks in this game. There's a couple other times where Danny's kind of doing a little bit of flopping just to save his own livelihood. But he actually, I, I think he holds up pretty well. What do you think? Uh, for where he was in his <clears throat> career, and that's like... Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like the first year where Shaq is st- he starts to be like big Shaq, you know? Like yeah. Kinda, yeah, hefty Shaq uh, and really throwing his weight around. And uh, Danny looks like a rag doll a couple times, but a couple times is because that's the way he wants to look. Yeah, so the Magic lead 30-23 to after one quarter. They uh, they finish the period on a 16-5 to run, punctuated if you look uh, on behind the Laker bench, punctuated by an "fu shack" sign behind, um, just good job on sneaking that into the building. Whoever you are, I think Shaq was using a sh- the Shaq Fu nickname at that point. So the "fu shack" uh, actually was quite clever. I, I enjoyed I that. That guy as one of my award winners. So let's just <laughs> jump into this real quick. Okay. Okay. First of all, the Shaq Fu. Did you have the video game? No. Fuck no. That was a great, that was great, and not just like because he was a Orlando player biased opinion, but that was a tremendous Super Nintendo game. Can you describe it? Like, how, what, what, like, what made like, it so unique? Uh, it's like Mortal Kombat, but if they developed it and brought it to market in a month. Okay, all right. Hey, I mean, if you enjoyed it, then, you know, whatever, but uh, it's, I, I, I think I barely owned a Super Nintendo at this point. Actually, I don't. Let's see, ninety-eight. Do I own? Do I own a? I think I, I own a Super Nintendo ninety-eight. So um, I couldn't. I, I didn't have too many games back then. That's that. That's all I'll say. I think I had Super Mario Brothers and like Battleship, and that was about it. So maybe maybe a couple that's more. Too. The security staff was a lot more lax for that game than they would be in the future for any Brian Hill protest signage or anything <laughs> like that. Too. This is very true. So the Lakers lead by two at halftime. 
Danny Shays, Nick, and uh, Derek Harper helped put the Magic up 12 with four minutes to go in the third period. But unfortunately, Spud Webb comes in the game, and the Magic only leads 75-71 going to the fourth quarter. That minute 19 is just devastating. Uh, Derek Strong's jumper puts the Magic up 10 again with 10 minutes to go in the game. The Lakers are just slowly chipping away, and uh, and then the Lakers all of a sudden just lead 92-85 just like that. They, it's an 18-0 Lakers run. 18-0 Lakers run. Um, you know, Eddie Jones got an and one dunk. Kobe hit a three. Fox hit a three. Shaq gets a putback dunk off his own miss. And there's 3.30 to go in the game. Magic are down seven. It looks like guys are out of gas, and you're thinking, oh, man, that's that, that might do it. And yet, no. So Shays then gets a smooth top-of-the-key assist to Horace for an and one. Horace then hits a jumper, and the Magic are only down two with 2.15 to go, just like that. Nick picks Eddie Jones' pockets. Splits a, a pair of free throws. And then Kobe gets forced into a travel by a Danny Shays hip check. So that was just kind of a veteran perk right there. Shays could literally hip check Kobe and gets away with it. Um, and then Nick gets another offensive rebound. Hits two big free throws. And all of a sudden the Magic are up 93-92 with a minute 30 to go. And then uh, it's, oh man, it's I, I, I didn't want to go too deep into details with how this goes, but you, you kind of have to with how it plays out. But Kobe misses a three, Nick gets a rebound, Shays misses a gimme, just the gimme of his life off a broken play on the other end. It's just a chaotic final couple minutes of this game. Shaq then gets in a cheap shot on Bo off a loose ball. Bo's pissed off. Bo actually almost throws down with Shaq. There's a brief second where it looks like Bo is going to throw an elbow at Shaq. Um, Shaq makes the first free throw, ties it, misses the second. Rick Fox gets the rebound. Dale Harris doesn't use his last timeout. And Kobe gets fouled on a what can only be described as a very ambitious, hesitating baseline reverse scoop layup. It's, it's, it's athletic Kobe at his peak at that point, athletic-wise. Um, but Kobe misses the first free throw, so the Lakers are leaving points on the board in this fourth quarter. Uh, and he hits the second free throw with a super loud Beat LA chant just emanating from the crowd. Just great job by the crowd at the, uh, throughout this game. They're, they're in it the whole way. They probably didn't think going into the game that this beast of a Laker team was going to lose, but here you go. So um, Magic get the timeout. They're down one. They have the ball. 12.9 seconds left. Everyone in the building knows Nick is getting the ball. I think Isaiah Thomas like immediately just pegged it, and we can talk more. We'll talk more about the NBA and NBC broadcast. But uh, you know, Nick out of the timeout, makes sure that the ball is inbounded on the scorer's table side. So he, he tells the ref like, "Hey, we're we're, doing, we're picking this side." And then this is very important. But in the age of the delay of game gamesmanship, that got really annoying when it came to you know side out of bound plays. Nick doesn't move an inch when the Lakers commit their delay of game. He doesn't tip off at anything about the play. And so that's huge because next thing you know, Nick hits a huge three with 7.1 seconds left that put the Magic ahead by two coming off a of Danny Shea screen. And then Derek Harper threw in just a perfect pass to him right, right in motion as he's turning for the three. Everyone jumps up in elation. Nick whips out the Merton Hanks duck walk, which you have no idea who Merton Hanks is. Just Google him. But he's a football player who is known for this duck walk that was a thing for maybe six months. I don't know. Um, I don't know, Penny. Can, can you vouch for how long the duck walk was a thing? Uh, I, I, 
I only remember the duck walk because of Nick Anderson, so I'm going to say not that long. I'm with you. So Merton Hanks was a was a player for both the 49ers and the and the Atlanta Falcons. So um, and Nick's a Chicago guy, so I don't know what made him whip that out, but there you go. But um, so yeah, he's doing the the Merton Hanks duck walk, running back the other way as Dale Harris burns his last time out, and then out of the timeout, Eddie Jones. Wide ass open, misses a huge, a wide open three. Shays gets the rebound, ball game. More Nick Anderson duck walking in celebration. 96-94, magic win. It's just a little bit of revenge against Shaq for, for his departure from Orlando in the uh, summer of 96. So the NBA and NBC broadcast includes Bob Costas and a very sharp uh, Isaiah Thomas who are on the call. The refs are Jack Knees, Tommy Nunez Sr., and Michael Smith. The attendance, it's a sellout, 17,238. Uh, former Magic players in this game include, obviously, Shaquille O'Neal, duh. And then uh, Sean Rooks is on the Laker roster, but he doesn't play in this game. So it's categories time. So long-winded, I'm, I, you know, I, I said a lot, but we're, we're on to the categories now. Uh, the Jack Sweater Vest Guy Nelson Fashion Award. I hope you got better ones than I do. I, I was kind of scratching a little bit here, so... I have Isaiah Thomas's three-piece three piece suit. It just looks great, I think. Um, the, those beautiful magic white jerseys on the on that parquet floor, those are just automatic. They, they look great forever. Um, I actually liked Hannah Storm with short hair back then. Um, she's still kicking ass with ESPN today. It's just an awesome, awesome basketball uh, you know, journalist career for her. And then... These might be the first Magic cheerleader outfits I liked. Um, if you look at prior to 98, our fashion choices aren't great when it comes to our, our dancers. And that's all I got. I, I'm sure you got better categories, Penny. Uh, yeah, I was hopeful. <clears throat> you know, you think Chuck Daly is the coach of the team that it's going to be a slick suit. But at, by that point, he was in retirement and golf course mode. So he looks like a professor on the sideline. Uh, I ended up uh, I ended up going with the same thing as you, sadly. I the magic dancer outfits, uh, which also we no longer have a dance team now. It's a co-ed hype squad. Correct. Uh, but the the white tops, the black pants, a, a little sex appeal, but appropriate for the era and the time. Uh, I thought I thought the dance the dancer outfits were the uh, fashion award winners. Nine year old me enjoyed it. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, and then. Uh, so we'll go with that. So, all right, next category, most magical momentum move. So usually for this, for this one, you usually want to pick one play, but I actually have kind of – I have two sequences here. So I have the Lakers 18-0 run listed. So I guess you can point to Eddie Jones's and one dunk on the break where Bo fouls him because then the Magic lead is down to 85-84 with five minutes to go, and then the Lakers continue that run basically where – Again, it's an 18-0 run, and all of a sudden the Lakers are, are up 92-85 with 3.30 to go. So I consider the Eddie Jones, I guess, and one dunk on the break to be, I guess, the spark for that. But then on the Magic side, the start of the third quarter, I got Danny Shays, who gets 10 straight Magic points, who I'll bring him up on this a little later for another category. But then Bo gets a huge block. Derek Harper off a of Horace Grant steal feeds just a beautiful lead pass to Nick for an and one to put the Magic up. 61-56, uh, before Dell Harris finally called the timeout. Um, it's it's one of those where 
you know, you're, you're coming out of halftime. It's a, it's a really tight game. And then the Magic actually build a, a much needed double digit lead because of that. So uh, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with just that as, as a momentum move. You probably have a better one than I do, Penny. Yeah, I have no honorable mentions for this one. There's only one winner, uh, and that would be the magical momentum move was for the Lakers when Spud Webb stepped onto the floor. So, <laughs> okay, Spud comes up later in this category. Well, and we'll talk about it, but the, the sequence immediately following is mishandle pass for a turnover, commit a foul, make Bo Outlaw turn it over, let Fisher, Derek Fisher blow by him for an and one. Um, that's yeah, Spud Webb handed over all the momentum to the Lakers at the end of the third quarter. Well, I'm glad you laid out the sequence because I was I was just too ashamed to put that in my notes. So that's that's good. I'm glad you actually laid that out. But I, I do, back to the Danny Shays thing, and I, I'll, I'll again I'll talk about Danny a little later again. But at that point, early in the third quarter, both Shaq and Danny Shays each have 12 points. So that's definitely not something you want to see if you're the Lakers coaching staff or a Laker fan. So. Um, but yeah, it's it's that 18-0 Laker run. Um, that's that's the magical momentum move. Um, next category: the Brian Hill clipboard smashing play of the game. So obviously, this is just a terrible sequence or situation that would make a coach smash their clipboard. Um, I have quite a few here, actually. So I have Dale Harris has to be furious that a 38-year-old Danny Shea's got 10 straight points against his team out of the halftime. Um, I also have Dale Harris saw his team commit just several illegal defense violations um and i like how bob costas actually does explain to the audience what illegal defense is because it comes up a couple times so even he it's kind of like even bob costas thinks it's a preposterous call um bo outlaw gets the rebound off his own free throw miss late in the third quarter you never want to see that as as a coach and bo's done this several times in his career um, and then the last one I've listed is the Lakers score only two points in the final three minutes and 30 seconds in the game. The Lakers have one of the most potent offenses offenses in the league this season, and it's just not a great look for Del Harris. So I don't know what you got, Penny. Uh, yeah, well, obviously the Dan Shays alert is, <laughs> would make any, any coach mad. Uh, I highlighted one of the sequences within that 18-0 Laker run. Okay. Where, uh Shays has the ball, like, up near half court, kind of fumbles it, dribbles it off his leg, slowly bends at the waist and watches it roll away, which leads to a fast break, fast break three for the Lakers. Uh, then the Magic turn it over again, and then there's, like, a thundering shack slam where, at this point, the Lakers now have the fourth quarter lead, and the whole building is shitting themselves because yeah. they feel like the magic have run out of gas. So uh, the, the the scene of, of old crypt keeper Danny Shays watching the ball roll, the sl- like the Tiger Woods putt, like chip shot, where it's just going to hang on the lip and roll that slow, and he can't catch up to it. Uh, that makes me slam my clipboard in disgust. I, I can roll with that one. I, I, I won't fight you on that one. I think that's that that's a that's a good pick. Um all right, We're so not ne- praise him so much throughout the rest of the podcast. I think it's okay to talk about that play. That's true. I'll I'll give you that one. All right, next category, the Richie Adubato best broadcast moment. I have a very long list because this NBA on NBC broadcast is amazing. This YouTube clip this YouTube clip brings so much gold to the table, it's amazing. So 
All right, Bob Costas points out how there's probably never been three guys named Derek on the floor together ever in the NBA, and he might be, he's probably right. You have Derek Harper, Derek Strong, Derek Fisher, all spelled the same way, D-E-R-E-K. I don't know, like, could you fight me on this, Penny? I don't think so. I think Bob's right. Bob's been doing this for a long time at this point. He, I think he's right. Um... All right, Ahmad Rashad gets an interview with Penny Hardaway at the start of the second quarter. You rarely see injured players get interviewed nowadays during a game. So then Bob and Isaiah talk about Penny's upcoming free agency and how uh, owner Rich DeVos wasn't interested in paying 20 to $25 million. Tell me if you've heard that before. Uh, only for Isaiah Thomas to strongly disagree. You got a comment on that, Penny? Uh, I mean... At the time, Isaiah Thomas, well, <laughs> always Isaiah Thomas, I think, is player first, so uh, I wouldn't necessarily take uh, team-building advice or general manager advice from a guy who committed to Stefan Marbury. I guess, do we have to do we have to give Rich DeVos crap for, for bringing up uh, what any player is worth in any situation, considering what happened with Shaq? I guess that's the we, thing. You would think that you would keep those comments closer to the vest or, or deliver them in a different way, but uh, that's one of the rare times where it kind of worked out for the Magic to cut bait or or not open the, the wallet up, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a whole other debate as far as, you know, what's Penny's health and future outlook, which obviously was not good, but... It's just, it's not great for your owner to be doing that. So, um, next one. So, Ahmad Rashad hands Julius Irving, who's part of the Magic front office at this point, a birthday cake and gets a good interview with Dr. J midway through the second period. Um, only for then, I guess this gets ruined, but only for just this stupid woman at the end to sneak behind and hook the horns behind Dr. J. It's not cool. You don't do that to a legend. Definitely a Publix cake, by the way, that they were celebrating his birthday with. And I thought that was funny that they go, so what do you make of the team? And he goes, I think, I think we're in good shape. We, we got a good nucleus here. We got a good nucleus and we just need uh, probably two all-stars and then we'll be good. <laughs> well, I mean, he wouldn't be wrong a couple years later. It's just, <laughs> it just wasn't happening right then and there, but yeah, you're Yeah. I guess you don't really have a great nucleus if you need two all-stars. That's, that's, that's a good point. Um, Every team is just two all-stars away from being a really good team. This is very true. Uh, Costas talking about Shays is flopping, and then Isaiah Thomas with just this great quote saying, he and Lambeer went to the same acting school. Just a great zinger. Just, uh, this, is, this is great Isaiah Thomas. Um, and then Bob Costas, who the sarcasm and just the, the I don't want to say just cockiness, but just this, you can tell when Bob Costas is like deadpanning or being serious, and then like when he just soaks in some sarcasm, it, it's just great. But he, em, him emphasizing how weird some of Shaq's quotes were entering the game are just great. Uh, I have two words for you, pine saw. That's that's all I'll say for that. Um, and then Isaiah pointing out how the Lakers were lacking a perimeter leader with no Nick Van Axel there. You know they have Kobe, Eddie Jones. Derek Fisher, but no one was commanding the exterior. And I actually thought that was a good observation because he's saying, you know, you got Shaq who's dominating the interior, but they didn't have that just that guy to lead them outside. I, I actually thought that was not bad from Isaiah. Yeah, he was. He's obviously is a you know re- recently retired player. He's pro player and also very clearly pro veteran player several times throughout the broadcast. But that was uh, 
you know, part of his larger point that I think the, the Lakers were on the rise but not ready to compete yet, and he was pretty prescient in that based on how they exited the playoffs against the Jazz later in the year. Yeah, so we get some outstanding commercials that we see from the uh, from the NBC broadcast on the YouTube clip. Um, there's multiple fun police commercials uh, from Nike with uh, some, uh, some of the players noted, Gary Payton, Moses Malone, Kevin Garnett, among others, and Gary's teaching little girls how to talk trash. It's it's great. Um, I like the Crimson Tide movie commercials where Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman are just yelling at each other. It's great. Um, and then for I guess they were promoting a, a, their college basketball that they were showing on NBC. Pat Garrity gets a Notre Dame commercial. So good for you, PG. And then the last one I have is uh, on my list is the I love this game NBA commercials. And then Nick Anderson on the walk-off interview with Ahmad Rashad, which you heard uh, on the intro clip, it, it finishes off with, it feels good, I love this game. And then it's just Costas thanking Nick on behalf of David Stern and the league as a whole. Just perfect interview finish. What do you got, Penny? I think that you covered it pretty well. I think uh, the only thing that was missing was the in the Bob Costa sarcastic prick category was when they panned to Danny Shays and Bo Outlaw and they go, uh, they're talking it over or comparing goggles. And that to me was the best broadcast moment. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with the, the, I love this game NBA commercials and then Nick Anderson tying it into the walk off. It, it's, it's great. Um, but again, we don't have to agree on, on our, on our picks here. So, all right. The Brian cook heat check award. I didn't think I'd have a lot. I got three here, actually. So Eddie Jones has a strong second quarter and is a big reason why the Lakers lead at halftime. But the two bigger cases, Danny Shays, 10 straight magic points to open the third quarter, plus picking up a charge on Shaq, put the magic up 58-54 early in the second half. Just Danny Shays, 38 years old, 10 straight points. It's, it's maddening. And then... I got Derek Harper who hits a long Steph Curry like three pointer, and then next position possession pulls up from three as Shaq backs away from him to put the Magic up ten with four twenty eight to go in the third quarter. What do you got, Penny? Yeah, I was uh, thinking about Danny Shays, but I thought a couple of those ended up being putbacks, so hard to call it a heat check when you're point blank. I had Derek Harper late in that third quarter with that long three ball that he hit against the shot clock that's so uh, laughable to him as he works his way back down the court. Then he pulls the longest two possible and drains it with the biggest fist pump of his career. Um, and then he takes a really ill-advised step back to that he finally misses. So I think that's when the, that's when the heat run out. All right, we're going to go Derek Harper for that one. I, it, he's just, I, I didn't realize he ever was that happy as a member of the Magic, was that like two minutes right there. He's literally laughing at himself on some of the shots he was making. It's great. And just a hell of a game from him, 18 points. 36-year-old Derek Harper. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's great. Not only was Derek Harper happy, but <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas said Chuck Daly is the happiest of his career in coaching. And the whole team, you kind of forget, but... That whole team really liked each other. Like, they were all happy for shared success, and obviously it was a 500 season, but there were a lot of fun moments throughout that year, and they all kind of uh, really celebrated each other. You can tell that the chemistry was really good for a lot of veterans, a uh, veteran team. 
I mean, but overall, when you look at all the injuries and stuff, I mean, this team going forty-one and forty-one, it's it's a good thing. It's not a letdown situation, I don't think. I mean, this Chuck gets it's a lot out of this team. For sure, yeah. Chuck gets a lot out of this team. He and look, some of it's his fault that he wanted aging veterans or whatever too, you know, as preferences. But I mean, you know, I mean, obviously that's on you know the GM and ownership or whoever who's making the roster decisions. But I mean, you know, throughout this broadcast Isaiah is like Chuck likes his veterans like it's 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 obvious but I mean the, this team going 41 and 41 is an overachievement in my book um all right next category the Lumide Oyadeji that guy award um let's give uh, a shout out to West News Channel 2 weatherman Dave Marsh I think he deserves one on that um, yeah, that's what I got. Well, first of all, he's one of the best to ever do it. And I got to tell you, I'm not a big Wesh guy. I know I know you are. I know you're a big Tony Minolfi fan. I like Amy Sweezy. Oh, Amy Sweezy's, you know, departing the station. Of, yeah. I, I, you know, Amy and Tony, they, they did pretty good there. You know, so, um, I, I mean, I go between Wesh and then uh, Channel 9, the ABC affiliate. That Those are my two. I know some people like, uh, you know, CBS's, uh, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say Wesh was my go-to. Plus, it does it, it helps when you have the NBA and NBC on during this era too. So you get attracted to that channel. But I got two more. Um, you could argue for Mario Bennett for the Lakers. Just not a long career for him, and he he doesn't play well in this game either. Um, my pick it's it's gonna be Spud Webb for me. It's just he's been out of the NBA for two years. Most people know him as a dunk champion. He comes into just an emotional game late in the third. And he's just completely out of his element. I have more on him later, but he's my pick. But if you want to go with Dave Marsh, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Dave Marsh. He's a, he's a local legend. Shout out to Dave Marsh. We'll go with that. And then next category, the Johnny Davis Coaching Botch Award. I hope you have a couple here because I only have one. Um, Chuck Daly putting Spud Webb into the game late in the third period with the Magic up nine. It's turnovers, can't defend Derek Fisher, can't even dribble the ball up court. Lakers just quickly come back. You know, Spud Webb at this point is just a healthy body because we don't have Daryl Armstrong, we don't have Mark Price, and just that's the only reason why he went in. And the Magic only lead by four entering the fourth because he came in. So I hope you got more picks. Um, so I think watching these games in the offense specifically, it looks kind of rudimentary, right? And I think that it, we talk about the illegal defense calls, and that's part of it. There's much more complex defense now, so the offense has to be much more complex. My worst coaching move was the Lakers automatically doubling the post on every possession. And you understand it when they do it for Nick Anderson, because as Isaiah Thomas pointed out throughout the broadcast, he was bullying uh, Eddie Jones and Kobe and whoever else they put on him post. Yeah. But I don't think there's a need to double team Danny Shays or Derek Strong or Bo Outlaw on the block. And that led to a lot of uh, ball reversal swing around where you either get a wide open jump shot that, Derek Strong, Horace Grant canned a bunch of those, or some penetration and a drop-off for a dunk on the weak side. So those are the plays, I think, that kept the Magic close in the beginning and then gave them their lead. Uh, and to me, that was kind of a poor decision coaching-wise by by Del Harris. Actually, that's a really good pick. And th this is a very I, – I enjoy this game from a Magic offense perspective because they are just sharing the ball at will. The ball's just slinging around. I mean, it's kind of like when this current 2019-2020 Magic team is, 
you know, they're at their best when they're moving the ball like this and, you know, the ball doesn't stick and the ball doesn't stick. I mean, you have just the ball's just moving at a, at a rapid pace and you're getting good looks and I think that's a good pick. You have any other ones for this category? That's all I have. All right, we're going to go with that one. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Dell Harris, the, there's a reason why he doesn't hold on to his job too much longer after this and why the Lakers find success without him. Let's just leave it at that. But um, Next category, the Stan Van Gundy Best Coaching Decision Award. I have two. So Chuck Daly really, really wanted Nick Anderson to be force-fed in the post, and the Lakers struggle with it. You already pointed it out. They're sending double teams at him, and then when they're not sending double teams at him, he's bullying just anyone that's, that they put on them, basically. And the Lakers also get tagged with a few illegal defense calls, which I don't recall in my youth seeing illegal defenses getting called when there's a shooting guard in the post. I don't know. You you might be able to recall better than me, Penny. I, I think the only comparable thing is when Mark Jackson would start backing his guy down. From oh, the- yeah. True. But, yeah, it, definitely not a backcourt thing where um, – those guys are, are commanding such a presence in the post to, to get violations and technical fouls repeatedly. Yeah, and then um, this one also kind of points to a, pre- a previous point you made, but Chuck Daly just allowing for a lot of offensive randomness. Just There's magic bigs or dribble, or dribble penetrating to the hole. They're kicking passes out like they're point guards. You have guards that are just creating havoc in the paint. There's basically point forwards galore before point forward was even really a term back then. And then uh, the Lakers just looked bewildered for most of the game defensively. And, I mean, it's why, it's what kept the magic in the game and just opened it up for them to, to have a chance to win it. So um, do you have anything specific for the category? Yeah, I well, Chuck Daly coming out of the half and writing the Derek Harper, Danny Shays pick and roll, which we talked about that led Danny Shays to a 10-point outburst. But then even still in the second half, it led to a lot of times where Derek Harper was able to turn the corner and get all the way to the rim or generate some good offense. So uh, going to that side pick and roll, I think, was one of the best coaching moves of the game. Go with that. You're the uh, better basketball mind than me, so we'll go with that one. All right, next category, the best, huh, I forgot about that moment. You kind of alluded to it earlier, but a 67-year-old Hall of Famer, Chuck Daly, saying he didn't enjoy his champion seasons in Detroit, how he was burned out before being in Orlando, and Isaiah Thomas basically confirming all that. Um, Chuck is just coaching his ass off during the season, and he, he, he clearly liked the golfing. He clearly liked the weather, I guess. But I got three more. Um, the Magic had won five of six games that season in which Danny Shea started. Which would end up being six out of seven. So I guess Danny Shea's wife deserves some uh, some credit for that. Um, and then uh, Bo blocks Kobe multiple times, and I'm just talking like emphatic rejections on Kobe Bryant. Again, this is when Kobe was one of the greatest leapers in the league at that point. And then well, my last one is when Shaq walks off into the tunnel at the end of the game. He greets Henry Winkler, who of course is starring. I in thought a- that was the fonts. He uh, who is cur- who's currently starring in uh, Barry's H- in the Barry HBO series. So it's just really random, and just it's Winkler, man, he's there. So I don't know if you got any specific ones for this. I'm glad you took a second look on that one because I was like, I could have sworn that that was Henry Winkler that he just saw on the walk off, and he actually took the time to do it. I only have a couple. I you know what I just realized? Now mention your couple. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a quick search real quick. Go for it. 
seeing young Eric Musselman on the second row behind the bench coaching, you forget that we had a future NBA head coach on our second row back then. Um, and then just the number of fast breaks that were led by Bo Outlaw, some of them very pretty and some of them very disastrously. <laughs> he always seemed to have the ball in his hand orchestrating a fast break way more than you would think for a small forward, power forward who doesn't necessarily have the best ball handling acumen. And these wins, they worked. They worked in these wins. So, any other ones? That's all I had. Um, man. I'm going to go with Henry Winkler showing up, and I just did research. So, you recall the movie The Waterboy that Adam Sandler stars in? Ah, uh, the timeline matches up. It's though, So, The Waterboy is out, comes out in 1998, so this is early 1998. So, people don't realize that um, some of the football scenes, well, actually a lot of football scenes, are, uh, are done at the Citrus Bowl at the time. And so, I think that's why Winkler was there. He was filming for Waterboy, so there you go. Um... I, I just it just clicked in my mind. So I'm gonna go with the Fonz. Yeah, that's 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 our that's the pick for this category. That's the clear winner. Good job. Uh best musical performance. There's a lot. I had to restrain myself on this, so I hope you have some of your stuff, but there's a lot here. So of course, starting with the NBA and NBC intro music, it's amazing every time we hear it. Just you know, it's just amazing. Just you can't beat that intro. And I still like how for the Olympics for not always, but for sometimes for the basketball games, they'll whip it out because that's all they got left. And I wish the NBC would get the NBA rights back just because of this damn song. Um, all right, I got three more. So I got the arena fans just constantly booing Shaq every time he touched the ball. That's a musical performance. They're cheering extra loud anytime Shaq does just anything wrong. And then the Beat LA chants. Uh, it's just amazing Magic fans again for this game. Um just something that for them they, they badly needed to cheer about and really happy for them. Um, next one I have is solid fourth quarter playlist. Includes uh, Pump Up the Jam, Jump, and then uh, Europe's The Final Countdown used on the last Lakers possession of the game. Just all those three just always get fans going and standing in anticipation. And then the last one I have is the Like Mike commercial. Super, super catchy song. This version, it's great. You have like Mia Hamm, you have... Larry Bird at the end saying, I'm not singing. And it's just, it's great. It's super catchy. It's forever just a timeless classic of a commercial. and Just lots, lots of cameos in this version. What do you got for best musical performance? Uh, so we've talked about on all of these, the, the, the in-arena operations was uh, a lot more robust back then, I guess, than it is now. And I miss that. I did forget that they used to play on long defensive possessions theme music. So they had the Seinfeld music going a couple of times. They did. And also the Sanford and Son theme song, which is one of my favorite songs of all time and was, in fact, my ringtone back when that was a thing. It is. It was. I remember that. So any other ones? That that was my winner, but I... Yeah, I, the the NBC, NBA on NBC theme song, I think, has to be head and shoulders above anything else, right? Yeah, it's and I might pick this for future uh, episodes that we do, but it's, yeah, I'm going to go with that. But there's, there's some very strong candidates for this one. So next category, the Tree Rollins Oldie But a Goodie Award. So basically, what's the age well here? Um, I have two. Just the chippy nature of this game, just a lot of physicality, I mean, just I mean, part of that's just Shaq being a big dude throwing guys around. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of pushing and shoving. 
even have Bo almost getting into a fight with Shaq. I think Horace Green almost breaks his hand in, in one of the plays. Um, my winner is the NBA NBC intro, just how it's all played out. It's just this unbelievable Bob Costas narration about Shaq and just future alterations his you know Orlando departure caused, the goosebump-inducing song, uh, the Sunday afternoon look outside the arena, Weather actually looked pretty good at the time. Um, obviously, as the day progressed, it would not. Um, the shot of you have one Magic fan and one Laker fan just fake talking trash to each other, um, which you do here in the intro in, leading into the pod. And then it's just a glorious lead-in inside the arena. You have Costas probably in his, at his peak form as a play-by-play guy. Um, you know, it's over two decades ago. He started as just this young guy doing ABA games for the Spirit of St. Louis. You then have Isaiah Thomas looking very composed, wearing a nice three-piece suit. He's he's this is Isaiah Thomas like I think because of this this type of good like color guy type things. He this is why the Knicks probably made him like a GM or why like the Raptors would give him a front office position. Just stuff like this is he actually does a pretty good job right here. And then you have the player intros. Shaq is already pissed about the booing. You have the Magic have their disco ball player intros going. Danny Shays has just the greatest game face I've ever seen coming from him. He looks like he's ready to die for a win today. It's just great. And I'm going with that as as what's aged the best is just that whole clip, that whole NBA and NBC intro clip is just great. What do you got? Uh, I think that'll end up being the winner. I, I took this a different direction. Uh, I That's guess fine. In You're... light of recent events, but what aged the best for me was seeing young Kobe Bryant, who at the time was the leading bench scorer in the NBA. We talked about he was still coming off the bench at that time, but just the the slithering athletic moves and like displaying the basis of, of the skill set of what will become an icon of the association. You saw little flashes. You also saw Bo Outlaw getting the best of him <laughs> at times. Um, but it was uh, it was an oldie and a goodie to see rookie, uh, not rookie, but to see young Kobe yeah. Bryant, um, and then to see oldies and goodies Derek Harper and Danny Shays going off, uh, both of them the whole game. In fact, Derek Harper's playing so well that he's considering putting off retirement another year. Which he does. He ends up. <clears throat> which team does he end up with the next season? Can you guess? Oh man, I. I it's I, kind I, of a trick question. It's not the magic, but it's a trick question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even remember. He ends up with the Lakers his final season the next season. That's right. There you go. <laughs> and probably him putting up 18 points and looking like a beast is why they, they, they brought him in for, for that next season, for that lockout 98-99 year. So, um, yeah, I'm going with the NBA and NBC intro. I'm sure you'll agree with me on that. It can take multiple category victories home, I think. It's that good. Yeah. Um, all right. The Dominique Wilkins oldie, not a goodie award. So what's age bad here? A 34-year-old, five foot six Spud Webb signs a 10-day contract the day of the game. Isaiah Thomas is praising him. Even though Bob Costas pointed out Spud Webb had been out of the NBA for basically two years. Uh, Spud did play a year in Italy, but um, still, he was out of the NBA for two years. Spud is just, again, horrendous in a minute of 19 play at the end of that third quarter. He fares better in the other three games. He ends up playing in a Magic jersey, but he'll he'll get waived after his 10-day contract ends. Uh, Spud averaged three points per game in four games total, shooting 41.7% from the field. So I've seen worse 10-day stints. I, I'll leave it at that. 
But just this Laker game, it's just god-awful for him. Um, I have four more listed here. So Shaq multiple times on camera is yelling, shut the fuck up at Magic fans as he's booed during Laker player intros. Just not a good look for Shaq. Um, Danny Shays is drenched in sweat chest hair. It looks like he's just emerged from a waterfall a few times in this game. He's sweating so much. I think you and Patrick Ewing can speak to that. Um, and then uh, two more. I got the obligatory delay of game warnings for out-of-bounds throw-ins. Just late in the game. I'm just so glad they've been written out of the out of the NBA, basically. Those, those got annoying quickly after, after a while. And then my last one is the way automobiles looked in 1998. I guess specifically American cars. Um, we get a lot of car commercials in this YouTube clip, and they're just so many horrendously designed vehicles. So I don't know what you got for uh, for this category, Penny. Yeah, those are good. Uh, we, I talked about briefly Chuck Daly's uh, later career wardrobe. Oldie, not a goodie, especially compared to his uh, slick suits from his prime years. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that... Oldie, not a goodie. I mean, it's hard to go against the, the car manufacturers, but I, I feel like the only answer here is Spud Webb. It's Spud Webb. I, there's some good options here, I'm not going to lie, but uh, it, it's, it's Spud Webb. It's just it's not, it's not a good look for him. All right, next category, most magical shot, so most important bucket in the game. It's Nick Anderson's three to win it. Everyone else can go home. I, I got nothing else for that. I'm sure you, won't, you don't have anything else, or do you? Uh, well, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. Oh, uh, okay. The, the most important shot, I think, in this game was Derek Strong hitting a very routine wide-open 15-footer and then prancing all the way down the floor to the other side and pretending to dunk on his own basket. <laughs> SLA calls timeout. Uh, I don't know why he got so fired up over a regular shot that had no significance. But no, I'm just kidding. It was uh, it's Nick Anderson's game winner. Um, I, w he's in another category, but it's, it's Nick Anderson for this. He's, um, so actually we're going to talk about it right now. Is anyone at their peak here? So I'm going to throw two questions at you. Do you think Bob Costas as a play-by-play -play man is at his peak here? And do you think Isaiah Thomas as a commentator is at his peak here? Because they're both really freaking good in this game. I, I'm not sure if Isaiah Thomas is at his peak, but I would agree on Bob Costas. And I would also throw in the entire NBC Sunday studio crew too. I mean, you got Hannah Storm just hand handling it. They bring in Peter Vesey, who looks like a mod bo mob boss in his suit. Like, it's 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 just a well done. And Ahmad Rashad as the as the sideline reporter is just is great. I mean, it's it's all it all works together. They should have been doing. They should still be doing this now today. Basically, um, I have two more listed here for this category. So we already mentioned it in the first magical movies when we did the Bulls game, but um, from earlier this season, but. Uh, Bo Outlaw is at his peak here. We agreed on this, but and again, Bo proves that he plays all 48 minutes in this game. He's a beast just from the stat line alone. But I have one more, and it is a 29-year-old Derek Strong. So this is his career best 12.7 points per game and a career best 7.4 rebounds per game. He only plays 58 games this season, so I wonder how our record actually would have turned out if he played more. But um, but he gets his payday after this season, basically. And it's the man. The man got very excited. It's this is the best basketball he's played in his life. I don't know if you got any other picks here, Penny. Uh, yeah, that's those are the those are the selections. It's hard for me to go against Bob Costas, but you know I'm a big Derek Strong fan. And are you a big Derek Strong fan? Uh, <laughs> I, he's an unsung 
hero, I think, in the Orlando Magic franchise history, and also an interesting story because he later turned into a stock car driver. Oh, I completely forgot about that, man. Jeez, why did I forget about that? Imagine that frame folding up into a into a race car. I yeah, good looking in. I mean, it's six what six eight six nine guy. Yeah, or maybe six ten, but it's yeah. yeah. Um. All right, I have we have one more category. So, which player comes out of this game looking the best? So for me, it's a thirty-year-old Nick Anderson. He's got heavy miles on his legs and his ten and and what's going to end up being a ten-year uh, career with the Magic, basically. Um, and then, unfortunately, a few more years uh, with the Grizzlies. But um, he's shooting fifty-nine percent from the free throw line this season. Uh, he's still being questioned at, almost three years later after the 95 NBA Finals. He drops 30 points in this game and even goes a solid 11 of 14 from the free throw line. This season is truly his last great hurrah in a Magic jersey. He has to score a lot, and he does. I mean, he's he's you know he's dropping several 30-point games during the stretch, even while dealing with his own injuries, let alone the rest of the team's injuries. He'll play one more season for the Magic before ending up with the Grizzlies. Uh, Penny, how many 30-point games does Nick Anderson have in his Magic career? Ooh. It's not as many well, as you would think, considering in, yeah. in, in, two of, in two of those early 90s seasons, he averages 19.9 points per game. Uh, I'm going to say he went for 30-plus nine times in, in, in his career. Oh, it's more than that. It's doubled it. It's, it's way more than okay. that. It's, it's more than a couple dozen. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. We, we remember the 50-point New Jersey game, and I think... That is his career high. 50 is his career high in, in against the Nets, uh, in that one with where Shaq broke the basket, correct? Which was also uh, a, Nick, a Nick Anderson flu game, of course. More than 24? It is more than 24, yeah. It's more. It's more than a couple uh, dozen. Uh, 28 times. 38 times. All right, that sounds about right. Thirty-eight in about ten years—it's—it's it's not gaudy. It's—it's it's not. I mean, again, we're talking thirty-point games here, but still, I mean, most people think of Nick Anderson as you know a third, fourth guy on a team. Where I mean, there's stretches during this season and then before Shaq, where he had to be, if not the go-to scorer, one of the go-to scorers. So, it's—it's um, it's a respectable number. It's not like an absurd number, though. So. Um, but that's it. That's all I got for, for that one. Do you have a nominee for this category? Well, Shaquille O'Neal is the best player uh, at the time in that game, but this game was derailed by foul trouble. Bill Outlaw literally filled the entire stat sheet and locked down Kobe Bryant and out-rebounded everyone and was visible. Like He had a lot of games where he fills up the stat sheet, but this was one where he was very visible. But uh, you, you can't pick against Nick Anderson, who, as you mentioned, the, the entire offense was run through him and everything else was created off of him. And uh, also, he's, he was, uh, and, and we love Nick Anderson, he was much better at being interviewed than interviewing or commentating. He was super, uh, super smart and articulate and honest about uh, the, you know, the, the, the free throw shooting and, yeah. and the sports psychology and everything else. And uh, he, he was an engaging and charismatic young man. And now he's an engaging and charismatic uh, middle-aged man. But uh, like 
would like to see him better without a teleprompter now. On yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. Um but that's it. That's 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 our that, that's all we got for this game. Any any closing thoughts on it? I mean it's just it's just a great watch. I mean it, it's again it's a scrappy veteran heavy magic team that just finds a way to beat one of the best teams in the NBA at this point and it's 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 just it's a it's another great win in magic history. This one is super 90s nostalgic because the, the video includes the commercials like we mentioned, but the game itself is really, really fun. Uh, and if you're looking for you know something other than the Fox Sports telecast, this is one that I would recommend to relive. All right. So that, that's the end of our, uh, of our Magical Movies episode. We appreciate you listening. And please subscribe. Give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At... And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go magic. Take care. Wash your hands. Stay home. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah. Get out the way. Get